Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network. It is season four, episode seven of Breaking Bad that we're into here. Uh, over the halfway mark of, of season four already, which is pretty crazy. Um, this is um, a Problem Dog, and it was directed by Peter Gould and written by Peter Gould. Um, first aired on August of 2011. Um, interesting episode, this one. Um, lots to talk about with this one. Um, some big moments, maybe not quite as big as the ones on either side of it so it gets a little bit forgotten sometimes I think but um, yeah no, I, I really enjoy this episode so I'm kind of kind of looking forward to, to talking this one through uh, my name's Nick and um, let's ditch the thesaurus alright and my name is Ben and if you're ever after rewarding part time work perhaps something after school my door is always open <laughs> it's a, that's a scary prospect yeah no 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 that's, I should not be uttering the words after school my door is always open. Uh, if the, the police are listening, it was a joke, all right? I know the restraining order. I get it. There's no school children coming to my house after school. I promise you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I don't know what you think, but, yeah, I've always thought this is one that kind of gets lost on the shuffle a little bit because, um, obviously, Cornered's like a really big episode and then um, – um, Hermanos, the next episode, is, is a big one too. And sometimes I think this one gets a little bit forgotten maybe. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I can probably see why. <laughs> um, again, not I'm not saying I hate this episode, but um, I'm definitely not as high up on this uh, as I have been for the last few weeks. Uh, definitely not for the what, few ones got to come. But, I mean, having said that, this was like what we had a couple of weeks ago where I came in with my mindset on a rent and I kind of it, we talked it up enough that I changed it into a buy. So um, there's every possibility that that might happen again because you have a good way of uh, talking up these episodes. But, um, yeah, again, not saying I, I dislike this episode. I do like this episode, but uh, I'm probably definitely more so in that mindset of I can see why it, it kind of does get lost in between what we had last week and what we've got in the next couple of weeks, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit of the kind of, um, I guess, like a stepping stone episode, right? Like it just kind of, um, you know, like it, it, it kind of just creates some of the tension without having any kind of big, massive moments. Although we kind of start with one right at the beginning of the episode. So we can kind of probably talk through this, this opening scene and then get into kind of like the big, literally explosive scene that starts it, which is kind of, um, we get this kind of opener, which is Jesse playing a game of Rage, which apparently kind of came out just after this episode aired. I've never heard of the game myself, but um, yeah, and basically it's kind of like, like a first person shooter and he's actually got a gun and you kind of see him kind of, um, you know, like, you, you kind of get these images of him with the whole Gale situation. So he's obviously having flashbacks. Of course, he would be playing a game like this. So um, to be expected, really. But uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of see him, you know, struggling with this. And then right at the end, he kind of just restarts the game, which is a bit of a surprise after he's had this, this little turn. So, it's, you know, it's kind of like a dark opening to the episode, I think. Do you, do you think he's just gotten sick of playing Sonic Team Racing or whatever the hell it was <laughs> that he was? Uh, he's lost his girlfriend, so he can't just uh, you know go ahead and, and play that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I like the opening again. I constantly keep saying across this season that I'm I'm a big fan of this Jesse storyline and kind of seeing the way he's dealing with what happened with Gale. So I do kind of just like seeing him and just just how his house has turned out too. I mean. Gone are all the the delinquents, but it's just this just looks like this is some dark alley in a back street, doesn't it? You know, just with the graffiti and just all the the trash and everything. Kind of this game when he's going through the sewers almost looks like it fits his house. But mm. um, yeah, like God, it's it's just Aaron Paul again owns this scene. I, I love that flash editing where you kind of do see Gale getting shot, and from angles we haven't really seen. So yeah, well that's right. Yeah, I wonder if they filmed that kind of when they did that, or they had to get um, what's his face back to do it, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's just 
Jesse showing how he's dealing with this. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I've heard of this game, but I didn't realize it was kind of one of these ones you could have the, the gun attachment to it though too. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's quite good. And I do like that, yeah, as you say, you kind of get the kind of the the kind of angles of the direct shot into Gail's face, which we haven't had before, which I think is, um, you know, I, I don't want to say it's a nice touch, but it kind of like fills in a little bit of a gap for us, which is always really nice, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we kind of move on to the scene where basically, um, you know, they're at the car wash and um, they're basically having to return the car that he's bought for Walt Jr. And, um, you know, like they're, they're charging him a fee to take it back. I can't remember how much it was now off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, there's a, there's definitely a fee in terms of of having to uh, um, to take this car back. You know, and, and he's really unhappy about that. And um, and you know, basically, we kind of just see him, you know, kind of like take off, and he's doing like burnouts on this car, and you know, going crazy in this parking lot, which is you know, kind of pretty out of character for him, which is really cool. Um, and you know, I really enjoy the scene, and then kind of ends with him, you know, like kind of rolling up the 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 contract or whatever it is, and putting it in the gas tank and setting fire to it, and kind of calmly calling for a taxi as the as as kind of like the you know the car explodes in front of him. It's um, yeah, I think it's a it's a really really funny. Scene scene and kind of just you know pretty like it's, it's an unusual thing to see but also it doesn't really surprise you with walt at this stage i don't think i love kind of skylar at the car wash when she's just kind of going through the motions of everything about you know i've talked him down to a restocking feed so they don't have to take it back and all this kind of stuff and then basically you know she's just even then like walt's going to pick the car up and she's just like hey, like ushering to the guy like give him give him a tip basically kind of doing that but <laughs> Yeah, I, I love to see when he's just driving around and doing the burnouts. Um, that would just be fun. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've never done a burnout in my life, so I, I, I wouldn't have a clue how to do this. But um, I just the thing I love about it is when he, he goes to blow it up and he puts it in the gas tank and he walks away. Like, this is kind of one of those moments where you're just thinking to never look back from an explosion. Like, you know, you <laughs> think it's just going to blow up. But I just love the way it kind of – it just – draws out itself and then he kind of he sits down and then he just kind of is on the yeah. phone and like you, you're not expecting it and like it kind of when it does blow up you kind of shit yourself you're like fuck like the, <laughs> the car like explodes which um i mean i'd love to know i don't know if you know this or if it's on the trivia but if they really did blow up i mean i doubt they would this is an expensive car like i'm sure they got a prop but um yeah. you know um how many takes does this take do they have to kind of do this over and over again but um i love his line when he's like oh yeah they'll see me yeah. <laughs> like, boom you know there it goes that's great yeah no it, it is really good like kind of yeah like how calm he is about it which is you know kind of unfitting with his character so like i really enjoy it and then i love the kind of scene that follows where he's in saul's office and saul's doing kind of clean up on this basically says it's gonna you know he's managed to bump it down to some kind of misdemeanor you know um so it's only gonna be like what, what is it like five grand or something like that to kind of um to sort this out but um yeah no i, I really enjoy that and then we kind of get you know kind of transitions into this discussion about getting a hitman to to kill Gus and and Saul's really reluctant because obviously every hitman that he knows knows Mike as well so he definitely doesn't want to kind of doesn't want to kind of get there and um yeah yeah and and basically Walt ends up saying that he'd do it himself but he, you know he actually just can't get to Gus at the moment so kind of just setting that stuff up really and and that's going to take us into our next scene but I'm, I'm sure you've got a bit of fun to talk about with the Saul scene because it, it is quite a good one. I just, I mean, yeah, absolutely love Saul, but like he's wearing the ribbon again too. I keep noting this down that I keep <laughs> yeah, noting yeah. that he's still wearing this damn ribbon. But um, I the thing I actually really like about Walt in this episode is just, I just love kind of Walt laying on the chair. He's just like, he's just almost bored. He's just kind of like, oh, I've just blown up like this half a million dollar car or whatever it is. <laughs> just, you know, and, and I love Saul here when he's like, Wow, thank you. You know, can I at least get an attaboy? Yeah. <laughs> and then what does he even say at one point when he's just like talking about uh, the explosion? He's like, that's what the kids these days call an epic fail. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just love Saul trying to like kind of get on board with it and everything. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Like I, I kind of just love the way Saul explains it. You know, he's like, oh, you know, we can get a hitman. We can do this. But guess who knows this person? Guess it. Even if we get lucky on Craigslist and it's not like an undercover cop and just kind of everything along those lines. But um, no, I mean, it's just it's it's interesting with Saul. Like we talked up how great he is when he kind of comes into his episode. But I mean, he's obviously a major character, a major enough character to get a spinoff show. But he's actually never like super super major is he like he's kind of mr exposition like he kind of just helps move the plot along which i guess is important enough but i mean you can sort of see why they would give someone like him a spin-off show 
uh, because, you know, there's a lot more to him that obviously we can explore that we're not seeing in this show. But, um, I mean, any soul scene is great, really. So, kind of just working that way. And, um, yeah, it's it's kind of... It, it's interesting, I guess, with um with Walton kind of this desperation now that, yeah, the only real way he can sort of get out of this is to kill Gus. And uh, ultimately, yeah, when he's going to see Jesse right about now to try and make that happen. Yeah. Uh, have we ever talked about the safe as well? Like um, the big safe full of money and uh, cell phones and stuff? So, no. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it's very solar, you know, like kind of what you'd expect for him to have really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which um, – because is this part of, like, the fake decor or does he move, like, one of the pylons or something like that to get it? Um, yeah, I think he moves one of his, like, pillar things, doesn't he, to kind of – um, yeah, to, to get to it. Because it's not visible, is it? It's, um, no, if no. I'm seeing here, he uh, – yeah, so it's, like, one of the panels in the wall, like, the white – and it's actually kind of, like, on sliders, so it's not even like he just picks it up. It's almost like he's got, like, a, a makeshift, like, slider device so he can slide it easily mm. to the side. That's really cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it just it just cracks me up. It's like full of cell phones and things like and that. And tapes. Just, yeah. I'm seeing here yeah. it's like filled with tapes. <laughs> what are those? What do you think? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we kind of move on, and um, then we're, we're at Jesse's house, and he's doing home renovations because um, you know he's obviously decided to get rid of all this um, graffiti and stuff inside his house, and you know Walt comes over and kind of wants to um, um, talk about you know like a bit of a plan to. You know, get a plan together to to um, deal to Gus basically, um, and you know like talk and and Gus is kind of you know, sorry. Walt's talking about how has he had an opportunity? Like is he is he able to get close to Gus and talks about yeah you know that scene from the the last episode where basically he's in the diner and 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 talks about you know that he sees something in him and you can kind of see here that Jesse's starting to have a bit of a turn in terms of you know like he actually is starting to relate a little bit to Gus and and isn't maybe as keen as he was potentially before. And this is where you see Walt kind of just turn on the whole thing about, you know, he made promises to us before and and that's where uh, Thomas ended up getting shot anyway. Um, so, yeah, basically just kind of like goading Jesse to do something. And, um, and yeah, and I, and I think, you know, this is where Jesse basically kind of, yeah, just says he, he, he's still on board to do it really. Which the thing I really like is kind of how Jesse kind of goes about it because Walt's basically doing everything here except directly asking him to do it, isn't he? So it's kind of just the way that Jesse just turns around and is like, all right, like you don't need to keep going on. I'll do it. Like, you know, kind of just the way he does it there. So, um, and again, like I just, I, I, I sound like a broken down freaking record, but Aaron Paul is just amazing. I just kind of love this just, you know, just dead to the world Jesse that he's kind of giving now that he's just kind of just doing what he does. Like, you know, he's, does what he's told by Mike. He does what he's told by Gus. He does what he's told by Walt. Like, it's just kind of, here he is just going there. And he's obviously going to have a really good scene in this episode kind of about how he's dealing with it and everything. But um, mm. I, I got to say, like, he's um, also a quick turnaround here, though, from, like, having Party Central, the slums, to covering everything up with his sheets and uh, got the lights ready to go and paint. And, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of notice when you look around the background, he's kind of, you know, gone over some of the graffiti with a bit of an overcoat there before, you know, doing the undercoats and everything along those lines. So, uh, Jesse, very, uh, must be on board with the painting. Maybe this is something that he's done in the past because he's very prepared here, Jesse. So, uh, good for Knows him. Knows what he's doing. Knows what he's yeah, doing. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, we're we're going to get a great scene from Aaron Paul at the end of this episode, which we'll, we'll definitely talk about. But um, kind of move on, and, and we're we're back at the car wash. And uh, I don't know if you've ever had bubblegum um, air freshener in your car before, but um, Marie's not a fan. Um, Even Colada. <laughs> yeah. she wants to do like a an, a, an opening i love like kind of all like the the greeting cards behind like, yeah. it's like a weird thing to kind of have um <laughs> but yeah and, and you know she wants to do this kind of grand opening for the you know for the car wash and and you know skylar's not really into it and um and this is where walt comes in and and you kind of we transition the shot and he's got all this money kind of hidden in these stacks of, of kind of coke Coke cans, basically, um, and it's what like two hundred and seventy-four thousand, I think it is. Um, Give or and take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as you do, um, and you know, I think Skylar's kind of like, you know, a bit well, very surprised at just how much there is, you know, and kind of she works out pretty quickly that you know his his annual income is is seven million dollars, which is you know well beyond what she's going to be able to 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 kind of launder through the business, which is you know like interesting little kind of plot twist here, really, in terms of the you know the whole thing's been set up to do this, and we've kind of been believing that you know 
she knows what she's doing and then all of a sudden it's like actually this is way bigger than she thought but now she's just too far in she can't kind of get out of it so um that's what Walt kind of says oh if you want to get out you can say you get out but of course Skylar can't at this point so I think it's just an interesting scene to set up the kind of difficulties that is, is going to happen and you know Skylar's going to have a little, kind of little interesting mini storyline here over the next few episodes around this kind of money and laundering and things like that which so it's kind of setting that up I guess which we should sort of tease somebody comes back into the fray <laughs> with some of this oh can't something. wait can't wait well there's a good ending to it let's be honest but um <laughs> Well, I think I'll just quickly say is that, yeah, look, I've always noticed the greeting card things, but, like, to me, this is very America. You do go into stores right. and they will have just random things. Like, you literally will go into some type of, like, a big thing over there. They love their, like, their pharmacies kind of, you know, and they, their pharmacies will sell so store. many different things. The drugstore, yeah. Like, it's 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 weird the amount of things you can buy at a drugstore. Where I lived in Canada which I realise isn't the US, but it's North America, uh, you know, we had a couple of drugstores in our place. So whenever the, the little supermarket thing was closed, you'd often go to the drugstore to kind of get I think it was on Thanksgiving. Uh, I needed to buy a, a turkey baster or one of those sort of squeezy things. And um, I don't think the supermarket near our place had it and barely was open, yet there was a drugstore open on Thanksgiving Day and they sold a turkey baster. So why wouldn't you buy a turkey baster yes, from it? a drugstore so um yeah it's to me it's very america like let's just have random kind of shit that you would sell there um but i i, I had um we used to have a car wash here actually I, st- I still think it exists and i remember like when it opened it was really exciting because it was one of these like brand new kind of car washes and y- you know it was just it was very fancy for the time and i remember when dad used to go there i always get excited like dad dad i want to come to the car wash and <laughs> what a great childhood i had but they had the section there where you could like spray your car with like smell and so they'd have like new car smell and like pine forest and they'd always have pina colada and i think my dad would never get pina colada because it stunk like shit or something so <laughs> maybe marie's onto something here but um yeah i mean it is interesting that skylar's sort of all, all gung-ho in here but i guess yeah Walt. i mean is it walt's fault for never really kind of saying how much he actually earns <laughs> you know and, and what does she basically say that the two hundred thousand dollars like one month is maybe what you can pull in here like no car wash on the world would make this amount of money um I wonder if that somebody could fact check that. Maybe there's some like pretty prominent car washes out there somewhere on planet Earth that do make seven million dollars in a year. But um, yeah, like I mean, I, I just kind of like this aspect, kind of the adding, adding to the realism. Is that a correct way of putting it? That they're, they're trying to deal with this in their real life. So it's sort of how are we going to pass this off? So yeah, well, I think it kind of just it, it, you know, like I think lots of other lesser shows would kind of not really explain this stuff. And I think the fact mm. that they're actually going into some detail about you know, the issues with doing this, I think is a credit to to the show, you know, that they're actually prepared to get into the, the you know, the, the sticky messiness of, of, of a situation like this and, and what would actually happen if this was was real. Yeah. And particularly if you've got somebody who is, um, you know, going along for it, like, because um, is this the, is this the scene when Walt says something along the lines of like, you know, you didn't want it this way or so whatever. And I, I love Skylar's line, the way she comes back and she's like, I didn't want any of this or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's, that's good. this scene that's good. Or, or another yeah, scene. But I just, yeah, I just love her comeback. Like, it's a great line that she has. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I mean, Walt's also saying like, if you want out, like, you know, just, just tell me, like, you can get out. Like, how, how does that go? Like, if Skylar says, yeah, I want out. I'm like, okay. Well, thanks. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> I don't of, think it's, it's kind of simple. A, it's kind of a, um, not an empty threat, but an empty promise, I suppose. You yeah. know, like he, like he knows he's never going to have to actually, you know, follow through on that promise. So, um, so yeah, it's that's all it is really, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a nice little setup. We kind of then, um, we kind of move into, you know, we're at the, at the lab and, and Walt's kind of like secretly making this, uh, this rice and while he's at the lab, you know, like, um, trying to hide what he's doing, um, somewhat successfully, I suppose. Um, and then you kind of see later on that he gives it to Jesse and Jesse's like, is this enough? Because it's a lot less than they had for, for Hector. Um, oh, not for Hector, for Tuco, sorry. Um, and, um, you know, he says, oh, it'll be enough with him, get it into his food or his drink and he'll be dead within like 36 hours. People will think it was just, you know, died in a sleep type of thing. Um, and, you know, it's this tiny little vial that will kind of fit in the top of a cigarette. So he kind of puts it in a cigarette, turns it upside down and will tell everyone that it's his lucky cigarette. So we've kind of just got our setup there for like how how they're going to do it, I suppose. Um, and it's one of those things that kind of hangs around for a while on the show, doesn't it? It's, you know, it becomes like the big thing for for a little while. It's very important. Like it's it's a very important sort of uh, you know we mentioned the other week about how that 
reference to the making you disappear line, you know, a simple call mm. and you can disappear. This is, I mean, yeah, this cigarette is a key part, particularly to the end of this season yeah. and, and moving into next season. So, yeah, it's, um, I always forget kind of the setup with this sort of scene with it. Um, and I, I do love that Walt's cooking it basically in the toaster oven in the lunchroom at the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the yes, lab. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I kind of like Jesse, like his lucky cigarette, which, because what does Walt say? Like, don't accidentally smoke it. <laughs> and then it's just kind of like, whoops, <laughs> like that would be kind of uh, kind of funny. But um, I, I do question the, the ease of getting the tobacco out and then the way he kind of puts it back in. I'm, I'm no smoker, but I've seen people, I've known people who do the rolly cigarettes instead of the, the sort of new ones and kind of it, it it's a little bit more difficult than it is than that. But, hey, well, TV yes, show's to- got a TV. Yeah, well, I guess just after just talking about realism and then we've kind of got this in it, like this vial just perfectly fits in a cigarette, which is, I guess, kind of um, convenient. But, um, yeah, like you say, I think we've got to give him a few mulligans, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then we've got uh, Walt Walt Jr. driving Hank to uh, Los Polos Hermanos. Um, you know, he wants to go and get, you know, really wants some chicken and we kind of see them, you know, having a meal in there and and um, and Gus comes over and, and, and talks to them and, um, and basically, you know kind of have this whole thing about oh you shouldn't be paying for this you know DEA hero shouldn't have to pay for his meal and there's anything else I can get for you and he and he asks for a refill and and um you know Gus kind of goes and, and refills it and then we kind of you know cut to the car park and and um this has all been a bit of a plan on Hank's part to to kind of you know bag this up as evidence and, and in order to get a fingerprint to see if you can get a match um so it's nice to see kind of the, the whole hank investigates thing and it's a good little scene and just reminds you of this kind of double life that um that gus is leading yeah i always forget about kind of how this plays out and um i mean you know not nitpicking this thing because it's a great scene but i mean he does get lucky that gus is there that day yeah, yeah. and that he, you know, he's he's gonna get him to do the refill and all that kind of stuff, but it kind of uh, it, it plays plays out well for him. But I do like Walter Junior here, just going on about his car, like zero to sixty in this. I mean, what what is what does um uh, Hank say about like if I had one for fifteen minutes, I'd be like celebrating, you know, you had yeah. it for like fifteen hours or whatever it is. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it is a great setup, and I just it's you know it's it's clever, it's very clever by Hank how he kind of gets this cup and then um you know, obviously puts it straight into the little evidence bag and uh, sort of, yeah, like I'm with you. Like the Hank Investigate stuff is uh, is is great. Always love a fan of the Hank Investigate scene and, and probably one of my two favourite scenes in this entire episode is still yet to come with Hank. So, yeah. I think one of the things too is it's nice to see Hank kind of like physically up and up and about a lot more in this yeah. episode. It's kind of the start of his kind of getting back to being physically, you know, kind of walking and stuff again, which is, which is cool. Um yeah, then we kind of uh, we we uh, then head off to the chicken farm. Um, veggie so Mike platter. And, yes, the veggie platter, of course. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's Jesse's big job is to bring in the veggie platter. Um, Do you think he and, made it um, himself? Do you think like he actually like you know that was look, that was his job? Like looks <laughs> looks pretty store bought from what I can see. Um, <laughs> Cutting the carrots, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and so basically we kind of see, you know, um, Mike's talking, you know, through kind of there's a big meeting happening and, you know, security arrangements and, and basically Mike gives him a, a loaded gun, which he's kind of really surprised about, but kind of says it's, you know, kind of a just-in-case type of thing. Um, and then we kind of see, like, these um, these cartel dudes kind of arrive at the, at the chicken farm. Um, there's kind of less than... than everybody's expecting they're kind of expecting a big kind of gathering of people but there's there's only a few of them um and we kind of see it's the same guy that kind of um was part of that um you know the 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 killing of those two guys on the back of the truck a couple of episodes ago so um kind of a link back to make sure we've got the same guy there i suppose um yeah and um and and basically we kind of see jesse you know like kind of like wanting to kind of put this the stuff into the coffee the um the rice and into the coffee and uh you know hands shaking and all that kind of stuff so you can see he's still really you know torn about having to do this and obviously he eventually doesn't do it um and you know cartel guys come in and we kind of you know hear about the deal which basically got gus offers them 50 million and it's you know kind of you know it's that's it you know business is concluded we never see each other again type of thing um and yeah then we kind of get the the whole thing of that all we want is a yes or a no which we obviously don't know what the question is but you know that's the answer that they're looking for so we're obviously going to find that out in later episodes but um yeah and so basically you know is Gus ready to talk and um 
and you know they basically say this isn't a negotiation you know this is yeah it's and then kind of like ends with this really kind of abrupt kind of stare off between the two of them um at, at the end of the scene which i think is really really good and obviously we see in the background you know, jesse's got this gun got this moment here where he could shoot gus if he wants to but um he obviously decides not to um and yeah and and then we kind of you know just to kind of cap kind of a long scene but kind of caps it off with um you know basically we kind of you know get mike kind of um, being asked by Jesse on the on the drive back about kind of what he sees in him and you know what's what's the answer of actually um I can't remember exactly what Mike says um in terms of what he what he sees in him. Um but yeah just kind of I think just says something like you know he you know, kind of knows loyalty or something like that. Is that was that right? Yeah I th- I I think so because I'm probably the same yeah loyalty. I'm looking at it here with the subtitles on it's basically loyalty I guess loyalty so um mm. sounds mm. like a uh, freaking Sanchez and license to kill but um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh I, I mean it's it's kind of it's interesting to sort of get that line from him and and kind of see that because I mean I guess this sort of Gus Jesse relationship is is about to to ramp up in the coming weeks really yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think kind of the the, the kind of Jesse Mike relationship starting to really, um, you know, kind of solidify here as well, right? Of like actually, it's going to be harder for Jesse. He's going to have to start making decisions between kind of Walt and Mike as the show yeah. goes on. Um, and you know, I think that that's quite an interesting place to be, really. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and and then I, we get. Oh, sorry. I do like. I was just going to say, just kind of on this scene. Um, I like Gaff. This is this cartel guy. I don't know. Like he's just—he's not really a key person we need to completely, you know, get close to. But I, I just kind of like this actor who kind of plays him. Like you kind of feel that sort of tension and the standoff nature with him. But um, I do love Jesse's fashion here. Here goes Ben on the fashion of Jesse. Um, but this this shirt. Now I thought it was Jesus. This sort of white shirt oh, with yeah, this black so silhouette. Too. But it's Steve Aoki, famous DJ who apparently has a cameo in this episode. I, I did not recognise him at all in this uh, episode, but this is a Steve Aoki shirt design, and I'm guessing it's a designer, because if you look at Steve Aoki, he kind of looks a bit like a Jesus type of guy, like with the, the long hair and the beard and everything. But I love it. I love this shirt. I want one, kind of, and also just the way he's got the jacket and everything along those lines. So, again, Jesse's ditched the the baggy hoodies and everything that we've seen earlier, and he's kind of dressing up a little bit here now. So um, just... Uh, Props to the, the Steve Aoki T-shirt and uh, the, the the Jesse jacket choice, but um, I yeah I do like this standoff scene with Gus and and Gus and Gaff. That sounds like a TV show in itself, but because um, again it's kind of you, you don't really fully know what they're talking about, and he's offering fifty million dollars to kind of just like end the agreement. So um, yeah, I mean this is going to lead to some pretty epic stuff over the yeah. next couple of weeks, of course. But I mean next week, God, Jesus, yeah, yeah, not yeah. there yet, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So I, that's interesting. I, I just assumed it was like a Jesus thing. So it's interesting that it's not. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, do you wear one, Nick? Like, nah, it's not for me. I've got to say, I'm, I, I don't know the the guy you're talking about, the DJ. So uh, probably doesn't not have a lot of meaning music. to me. So no, <laughs> not my style of music. No. Um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm more into the uh, what, what what was the uh, the the Mexican band called that we had singing the. Oh the, yeah, um, yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that's more me. You get one of their, uh, their silhouettes on a T-shirt with, like, the sombrero <laughs> or something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, like, that's more me. A little guitar, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, so I think we've actually kind of barreled through this and we're into kind of like the, the last part of this episode. But um, these last couple of scenes are actually – like to me, I think the two best of the episode. And so it's kind of worth spending a bit of time talking about them. And obviously we get Jesse going back to the kind of narcotics anonymous support group and we get our counselor that we hate. So, well, you know, probably a bit harsh, but uh, yeah, he's this weird guy. And, uh, but Jesse definitely uh, pays him out here. So it's, it's, you know, it's all been worth it because we kind of get this and, um, you know, we kind of see him kind of messing with the cigarette and then tells a story about the problem dog, which is obviously the, the title of the episode. Um, and he's he's obviously referring to Gail when he's talking about this problem dog that had to be put down. And, um, you know, that starts off with him saying, oh, well, if it was a kindness, then, you know, that's an okay thing. And he says, no, there's nothing wrong with him. It just had to be done. It was just a problem. And, you know, this group starts to turn on him. And then he kind of, 
you know, has this really great kind of monologue where he is really just kind of like shouting and talking about why he was there and he was there basically to sell them meth and um, and and then has a real go at Jur about, you know, like, you know, are you okay about what you did to your daughter and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just think it's a really great kind of like, it almost feels like kind of like an acting class kind of performance, you know, like which sounds like an insult, but it's definitely not. Like it's just like this is something you might see from an actor when they're kind of giving a scene, like reading a scene for a part or something. And I think he just does like an amazing job with it. Just really, really kind of, um, you know, the, the anger's there at the right time, but also kind of like the, um, he's kind of looking for, well, in my opinion, he's kind of looking for these guys to have a go at him and, and he, he wants to be told that he's an asshole, I think, is kind of part of what you've seen here. And um, yeah, and I just love this kind of anger directed at our, our man, Jer, you know, like um, just kind of having a go at him too. And uh, yeah, I think it's kind of just feels like a bit of a, you know, like a, a release of this kind of pent up anger and and kind of grief that he's that he's going through. It's just really, really good. I, I, I love the kind of camera angle as well. It's kind of like below Aaron Paul and kind of like pushing up on his face and I think that's just like the you know the right choice for kind of like the framing of the shot as well it's just really really good the best line is when he said I made you my bitch basically to <laughs> um to, to Jer but you know I, I 100% agree this is amazing it's probably my favorite scene of the entire episode and just Aaron Paul is incredible because it, it is that kind of build up that just you know the way he's just kind of just sitting there and just kind of you know the look on his face and it just leads into him just like breaking down getting angry and everything and it's like it, it it's weirdly almost funny at the beginning when you've got that woman questioning him about the dog. <laughs> Was it sick? Like, oh, you know, you could have done, you could have done that. And like, you just, it's like, shut up. Like, would you be questioning this if, it, if he actually was being honest and t- telling this was actually a person? Like, it's kind of like the age-old thing in a disaster movie that we care more about the dog that can't die than the millions of people who are dying <laughs> in cities as they're getting blown up, right? But um, no offence, I know yeah. you're a massive dog person, Nick. Like, I'm not saying let's kill all the dogs, but I'm just saying, like, it's kind of, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, incredible, incredible scene. And just Aaron Paul just completely owns it. And, I mean, I think kind of Aaron Paul in this episode really almost – this and what we've got to come in the final scene really saved this from being a, a much more mediocre episode for me because I just I just love this scene. I just love watching Aaron Paul in this episode and just he's just it's kind of just unassu- unassuming. There's no massive moment for him. I mean, this is kind of a massive moment. But I mean at the same time, you know, you don't constantly talk about Jesse's monologue from Problem Dog as a, as an all time great moment, but it's up there. It's fantastic. It's really, <clears> really good. And um yeah, I, I, I love him. I, I just I'm becoming more and more of a Jesse man the more and more I kind of analyze this even though I've always sort of been a Jesse man but yeah well I think one of the things too is like one of the reasons we're doing this is because we kind of want to shine a light on on you know mm-hmm. scenes or, or episodes that maybe are a little bit overlooked and you know there's obviously like hyped up episodes of the show that everybody loves and and um, and rightfully so but it is really fun to kind of look at these ones that have maybe been a little bit overlooked and th- that's what I love about this I think otherwise you know people you know it's great to have a reason to talk about this because I think it's you know like it is a really great scene so it, 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 it's great to be able to talk about it and, and it's not you know we're not talking top five here or anything like that but you know it is it's still a really really good scene and, and definitely worth kind of pointing out i think and one thing i'll say about our man jer jer burns group leader still still doesn't get a name he's still only ever referred to as group leader but um again what i think we initially said about him about why we kind of had this it was like he's good at playing like even kind of the way he's talking at the beginning of this before he talks to jesse like he's just believable like this this it's almost like I would like. I feel this is what a group leader, if you go to one of these things, would be, and that, that's mm. he's doing his job right, isn't he? I believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of just got that the way he is, and even the way he's kind of like interacting with Jesse, because like, God, imagine if that like that was you, and you, you weren't kind of in this role. Like, you could see that he would lose it. At, you know, get out. You know, whatever. But he's just kind of the way he's kind of calm and honest with him. So, props to our man Jer Burns, aka group leader, for making us believe he's kind of this just <laughs> hippie go lucky group leader guy who we kind of want to punch yeah I, I even just think like his look like the whole mustache and the kind of just yeah. his facial features just make him like somebody that's just really well suited to this role so yeah in a, in a weird way he yeah, you're totally right he's doing what he what he should be doing in order to make us feel something so yeah definitely there um got that right um get this kind of little transitionary shot of them in the super lab talking about um you know, like, has he had the opportunity to do it? And Jesse just says, no, he hasn't seen Gus. And, um, you know, obviously that's a lie. And, and we, we, you know, 
that's going to bleed into into future episodes. So just like a little transition scene, and then we get this kind of this next scene, which is the one that finishes us off. And it's it's a great scene, and it's a really really long one, but um, you know, it's it, it's really awesome. Where you kind of get um, you know, Gomez is is waiting for um Hank to arrive at the DEA, and we kind of see Marie bringing him in and kind of wishes him luck, which is really nice. So she obviously knows what he's going to be doing, which is which is kind of quite a nice touch, I think. Um, and you kind of see, you know, like he's obviously still using the the walking stick, but you know. He's, suit and tie and, and all that kind of stuff and you know um see him kind of come in and he kind of meets with his you know dea and um and um is, is the is the um albuquerque pd no he's not no, it's just it's three just, D- dea just guys at the moment yeah, yeah 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 um and you see him kind of talk through you know like um you know basically has this kind of theory um you know that um that that Gus has something to do with this, um, and you know, like he goes through, you know, like the evidence that he's got, which is basically like that the the Los Palos Hermanos napkin, which has got a serial number for a um, was it a, a fan extractor air it's filtration, like a, yeah, um, three hundred thousand dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is only going to be used for for very specific things, i.e., a meth lab. Um, and you know, like this whole thing about why would a why would this guy, you know, who's a who's a vegan, why would he have you know have gone to a a fried chicken place to start with, which is something he kind of alluded to a little while back. Um, and you know, kind of just basically says that you know um, th- this is all kind of pointing in, in a certain direction. We kind of get this thing that it's uh, which is going to be important for season five that you know the manufacture of this thing is um madrigal electromotive which uh, madrigal is going to be a big part of season five so um yeah we'll kind of get there um yeah and and um then we kind of yeah i think the next thing he's talking about is like you know how do we actually know all this kind of stuff and and this is where he kind of pulls out the big thing which is you know he's got the fingerprints which he got from the cup so he can match the fingerprints to to fingerprints that were found inside um gail's apartment and so that's kind of like the you know the, the, the kind of drop on the end of the episode and um you know like it's not a big not meant to be like a big massive cliffhanger but i actually think it's one of the most effective kind of you know you want to watch the next episode when you see this because you want to see what's going to happen to this character that's managed to you know like live this incredibly complex double life and, and never get caught out and this might be the moment that he does so i think it's just like a really effective kind of setup um you know hank's kind of put all these pieces together um and you know like i think anytime that somebody's fingerprints are found on a murder scene that's gonna you know gonna raise a few questions so um yeah to me it's just like a great little button to finish this episode and um just really really set us up for where we go next which is kind of like how we had the sort of, you know, the, the reveal of the napkin anyway, kind of like it's sort of an unassuming cliffhanger really, isn't it? Um, before I get to that scene, I, I do love kind of Walt and Jesse, like the way Walt's like, oh, have I cleaned this correctly? Come here and take a look. And then kind of yeah. when he's like digging in there to kind of do that. But um, yeah, I mean, I love this scene. I just, I mean, Dean Norris just hits it out of the park. I, I kind of slightly date this episode in some weird way because this episode is I'm guessing, yes, the top of my head would have already aired on the Oz Network, but I just literally watched yesterday the Lost episode that has Dean Norris in it. He's <laughs> in two scenes and basically plays a father whose son has died and he's talking to the character of Miles who can talk to the dead and basically once, you know, he's like crying, going like, please tell my son that I love him. Like, and it's just kind of, it's weird to see Dean Norris just playing a very, you know, <laughs> one-note character. But... um. Yeah, I mean, just I love just the way he kind of plays this off, the way he's kind of like selling it and doing this and doing that and kind of, you know, you see the reaction from the the boss guy when he sort of points to Gus with his walker and then I just, I really love the way he kind of like, you think he's given up. It's like, yeah, right, like, you know, stupid conspiracy theory. What am I talking about here? Like, yeah, tinfoil hat, all that kind of stuff. And then we're just kind of like, but then can you explain to me why are his fingerprints? Like, just the way it's kind of like ends and just it's like, oh, okay, like he's got them there and, Props to to Gomi and the other guy because I just I love the way they kind of have this look on their face because they're just facial acting this whole time right like it's just the way they're kind of reacting to it so yeah um I love it like it's just it's so good the way they sort of do it and yeah probably my second favorite scene in the in the episode after Jesse's sort of speech with Zalman Jur so um it's it's really well done and again like I think I mentioned this about how kind of like Hank's always there he's just there he's got it like he's just he's he's right. He just he's got to piece it together. He's just kind of got to keep 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 going with the flow, and uh, like he's just he's literally right. Um, so 
Yeah. Um, I mean, if this was Jack Bauer on 24, he'd just be, you know, he wouldn't be doing the proper things. But it was, our man Hank's no Jack Bauer. He follows the rules and procedure. So, um, <laughs> you know, if this is 24, this would be over and done with by now. Jack Bauer would have just gone and shot Gus in the head. Uh, but different different show. So listen to our 24 coverage here on the Oz Network. Anything to tie them in, Nick? I've got to somehow get the segues in. And speaking of segues, Friends. What a great show. God. <laughs> <laughs> never never going to let that go, are you? Never going to nope. let that go. Every week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I think it's really, really good and, and, and kind of, you know, awesome setup. Um, I think I've just pulled up. Um, so George, Michael Seamus Wiles, who is George Merkett, who's the, you know, the um, – DEA boss who actually appears in quite a few episodes and we've probably never quite given him the, the kind of credit he's due. Um, and um, yeah, you're right. Does, does a, does a really good job of kind of, um, you know, acting in this episode. So, so yeah, definitely um, worth a bit of a shout out there for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we sort of mentioned him a few times, I think, but um, you know, I mean, he's one of these guys who's always there, right? Like he's kind of just, he's, he's I mean, he would be a good person to get on and chat to because it's kind of like he's, he's prominent enough that you know who he is, but you know, you, I mean, like literally, I just called him the other guy. Like, I, I never remember the character's name or the actor's name yeah. off the top of my head, so I, I apologize to to him. But um, yeah, like, I mean, you still know who he is. Like, if you were to say, "Oh, I met someone from Breaking Bad," oh, who did you meet? Oh, I met the head of the DEA, the older guy with the mustache and the guy. Oh, him? Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. So yeah, yeah, there's that part of it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's too much more we need to say about the episode itself. I'm just looking quickly through the trivia. I don't think there's anything important that we haven't talked about somewhere else. I do like. I like this one about the guy at the meeting. Did you see yeah, you that only one? Like, you only, ben? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say you only like it because it's it's Ben. That's well, Henry, true, right? true. But um, because is he the one actually sitting next to Jer? Because he looks familiar. Like, is he the one who's got like the? Because that's kind of cool. Like that they sort of do that sort of a. I think it'd be funny if it was that the the douche nozzle guy who was like bagging out yeah. Walt for the the washing. So the yeah, so, so basically, yeah, just just to fill the listeners in, I suppose that yeah, that Ben is um, there's a character in the the support group who's also a, who was a student in season one, um, and come a long in one way. of Walt's classes. Yeah, yeah. So lots of yeah, Walt's students go on to uh, bigger and better things, mainly <laughs> drugs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, he's not setting a great example, to be fair. So, uh, yeah. what can you expect? <laughs> Touche. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't think there's too much else. I mean, I think um, the point you made about the the um, the car exploding would have been a good one to have found out more about. But uh, we're both too lazy to have done any of that background work. So, uh, you'll never know. Well, I'm seeing. I'm going to have a quick sneaky look here on the IMDb trivia to see if they give anything here. about about it um no they're just they're talking about uh no um they're, well they're, there's a, a theory here about the walking dead you 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 love a good walking dead connection at the beginning of the episode when skylar is having the dodge challenger car cleaned before returning it she says make sure you talk to the general manager his name is glenn there is a theory that ah. this exact car was passed on to the character glenn in the walking right. dead glenn is seen driving it in the walking dead season one Right, right. Okay, yeah, I can, I can see that. That was quite a prominent, uh, prominent scene in, in The Walking Dead. So that kind of makes sense. There you go. See, I had no clue. Never watched an episode, so um, just <laughs> fueling the theory. But yeah, no, I, I if we had have, uh, been a proper podcast that people actually listen to, we probably should have done the research there. So if you are listening and you know how many of those they blew up, uh, Vincent, if you're listening, I know you're a big, big fan of the show, Vince. Um, just shoot us a message and uh, let us know. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, what did you do if so- we did? What did you do if randomly I wake up one day, get this email? Hi, Ben. Just listen to your episode. This is what happened. <laughs> Thanks. Vince Gilligan. Okay. Yeah. It'd, uh, it'd be a bit of a surprise. Yep. Yeah, so we do have a listener, <laughs> which is like, sweet, all right, we've got one. All right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that'd be great if he was a listener. That'd be awesome. I, I'll be honest with you. If, I, if I'm somebody who created a show like this, and let's be honest, it's never going to happen. But like, I, I'd want to listen. Like, I just, I'd feel like so fascinated and interested to just learn. Like, I realize when you've got such a big fan base, it's probably hard to keep up, and you probably just get sick of it. But like, I don't know. Like, it's all right to be Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul, like acting in these things. They're the ones who kind of get all the attention, of course, because they're the ones starring in it. But at the end of the day, it's come from the mind of one man. If you, if you created something right now, Nick, if you could come up with your own media, and like, this is your thing that everybody loved. Like, I'd be intrigued to see, like, fan fiction and all these kind of theories and everything. And because I'm sure there's sometimes he's probably read something and gone, 
Yeah, that would have been a good idea. Why didn't I think of that, you know? Hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I love it. It's like they have JK Rowling. Like, I don't know if she does it anymore, but she used to, like, constantly reply to fan theories on Twitter. Like, people would say, like, oh, in page 312 of book four, this is said. Is this true? And then kind of she'd be like, no, this is. And she'd always explain everything. I'm like, that's really cool. Like, I like that with this sort of expanded world. Like, George Lucas should be doing that to correct all the shit Disney's done. Yeah, well, there's a few little things, and I think um, we'll be talking about one of them actually in the next episode, which is kind of like unanswered questions that, you know, like I think, um, you know, like the, the, the writers have a backstory, but it just never kind of made it into the show. Um, and I've always thought that's quite interesting that, like, they do actually know the answer to it. They've just actually never really got there. Um, and I think um, I'm just trying to think of the one that that has already, that we've already had. And, oh, yes, so kind of like the backstory to to Walt with Grey Matter, you know, like what happened there um, is never actually shown on the on the show. And you kind of don't really need to know, but it's, um, you, you know, it's nice that the, that the writers know so that they can kind of, they know the backstory and they know how to kind of tell that if, if anybody ever asks. Is that the, the Gus stuff with Chili? Like is that kind of, yeah. it's kind of, it's, yeah. it's alluded to and we never yeah. get an answer to that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, slight spoiler for next week, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, let's see. It's interesting stuff. So look forward to getting there. But uh, we better close out this episode before we do. So in terms of buy rent bin, I'm I'm happy to go first here. And I've bought this episode. I think it's it's a good one. Um, I've got it down in episode. I've got it in fifteenth place. So I've got it's uh, wow. For, for reference, I've got it between Phoenix and Nomas. Um, I think it's a good a good building block. And those last couple of scenes, I think, are, are really really good. Um, you know, I think. Um, to, to me, I think it's, it's way better. If it's like a run-of-the-mill episode, it's definitely better than run-of-the-mill season two or season three. So, um, yeah, it maybe feels a little bit high, but I think it's probably going to get itself pushed down fairly soon, shall we say. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably feeling maybe a little bit high, but uh, that won't last for too much longer. That's quite high. Um, I'll just quickly say that uh, The Ringer has it at 51st, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're not. There's a few of these they just don't like, do they? Um, I I kind of alluded at the beginning that I kind of went into this thinking it would be a, a rent. It's happened again, Nick. I've changed my because, like, I think again that the way I sway this is similar to Shotgun. It's just there's nothing wrong with this episode. There's 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 nothing that I look at this episode and come out of it and go, oh, but this and that and like. Like, to me, that's a buy. Like, if you can't complain about an episode, if there's not, like, a, you know, like, sure, I'm like, eh, like, okay, it doesn't stand out in that, but you've got two really, really good scenes in it. There's a great scene with the car getting blown up, which I've enjoyed. There's just, there's nothing wrong with this episode, and it's kind of, it's building to what you know has got to come, which I think is obviously very important with this season. So, yeah, I can't not buy it, I think, based on that. Having said that, I've ranked this as the lowest buy, so it's gone lower than Shotgun, so I've got it at 29th. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of talk myself into, oh, this is going to be a rent. But then maybe I just, I just, I'm just not going to rate things until we talk. That's probably the best <laughs> thing to do, right? <laughs> I think, um, for me, I think you, you had on quite an interesting point there that I think it's, uh, um, you know, when you when you rewatch this with the whole the whole of the show known to you, I think you probably pick up on stuff in this episode that's probably a lot more enjoyable. You know, like I think first time round you might be a little bit frustrated up until those last couple of scenes. You know that nothing much is happening, um, and then I think you kind of. Um, you know, you kind of watch it in retrospect and you actually see a lot of interesting stuff there. So I think it is one of those ones that improves on a rewatch, I guess, is the, is the short way of saying that. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. And, like, again, kind of, um, you know, I mean, let's be honest, these rankings, if we're watching this for the very first time, if we were like, like, I mean, there's a podcast idea. Like, you and I have never watched, I don't know, Boston Legal. I have no idea. That's the first show that came to my head. But, like, if you and I right now were like, let's do the Boston Legal podcast Two noobs who have never watched the show before to learn if we love Denny Crane as much as the world does, right? Like, we would be ranking it differently, wouldn't we, with every single week because mm. we don't know yeah. any context. We don't know that. So that would be a different ranking to compare if, if with a show like this where you've seen it obviously a lot more than I have, but it's kind of it goes along that way. So sometimes I think it's important to kind of have that in the back of the mind when it, when it comes to those sort of, you know, episodes. So, like, for example, like Fly. We never watched it, and we knew that that was kind of the most pointless episode in terms of the grand scheme of things. Like, we just think it's another standard episode. We might not hate it as much. I don't know. So, um, I mean, yeah, some people liked The Last Jedi at the beginning. So, um, <laughs> any any excuse to bag it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, let's not go back down that People road People like again. Die Another Day at the beginning, they thought it was good. It's only in retrospect they started to hate it. Well, people certainly liked um, Phantom Menace in, in, in the beginning, hey, didn't they? And that's, I still so. do. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember going to watch that, uh, you know, when I was like 16 or 15 or whatever and really enjoying it. So, um, But that's yeah. the point. You're the target age. Like, I was yeah. 12. Like, I liked Jar Jar because I meant to. I'm 12. Like, yes. thank you, George Lucas, and I've never grown out of it. It's like I still stand by the fact that Space Jam is a good movie. Shut up, haters. It's fantastic, all right? Like, I've got tons of those movies that are great movies. I'll never grow out of how bad they are. <laughs> we, we do like to get on a tangent here, don't we? Um, never. <laughs> anyway, we can probably finish up here. And um, so, you know, um, thank you for listening. Um, make sure that you uh, follow us on, on all the usual kind of social media networks. We've, uh, we've, we've got a few other shows that are worth listening to, I think. Um, yeah, maybe. So make sure you can, yeah, maybe. Um, so make sure you uh, you follow us for for Lost and Twenty Four coverage and the odd movies that we're doing as well. Um, really appreciate any feedback you've got. Um, but we'll be back next time and we'll be talking about Hermanos, which is a pretty epic episode, I think. So looking forward to speaking about that one. Yeah, no. Um, I I talk up my love for Gus. I talk up my love for Giancarlo Esposito, and I mean. We know that Justin Bieber was involved in a, a pretty famous song called Desposito, but I, I want to rename that song to Giancarlo Esposito. Because, like, 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 seriously, like, how this guy never won a freaking Emmy or a Golden Globe or just anything for, for him in this show is absolutely insane because yeah. he is just, I mean, next week, like, God, just incredible. Just he owns next week's episode and... Yeah, God, I mean, and it's not just for the last scene. Like, everything about mm. the episode is just incredible. So, no, I, I love next week. You said before about ranking it that it's going to go down lower. I, I think we're going to have a lot of episodes going down lower in the in the coming weeks because, um, yeah, I mean, do we even have a bad episode in the, the remainder of this season? I, I, I don't think no. we do. No, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I think, you know, certainly nothing that's going to be below what we've just talked about, that's for sure. So, um well, maybe not below, but on par, let's say. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, we're on a very you know, quick upward trajectory, I think, in terms of the quality of episodes. So, um, yeah, it'd be great to come back and talk about that one. But until then, um, my name's Nick, and uh, I don't need to hear the blow-by-blow. Blow. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and you're nothing but listeners to me. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.